Hello everyone, this is Vartok again with a Treks and Sci-Fi guest podcast, number 664, courtesy of the maestro himself, Mr. Rico Dosti. Thanks once again for the opportunity, Rico. Today is December 31st, 2017, which makes it New Year's Eve. Let me wish everyone on Treks and Sci-Fi a very happy and healthy New Year. For today's Trek and Sci-Fi guest podcast, I'm going to talk about the music of British composer, conductor, and producer John Powell. Now, as you know, I love to talk about composers and their background, putting them into perspective so that you and I will better appreciate that there are real people behind the music to the films that we love to see. I suspect that much of the time we leave the theater thinking about the actors and the action on the screen, whilst paying much less attention to the composer behind the music. Whilst? Hmm, that is what the British say. Which is appropriate since John Powell was born on September 18, 1963, in London, England, making him 54 years old today, and in his prime as a Hollywood A-list composer. Now come on, Vartok, you might say. Has John Powell composed anything that I might have seen at the cinema? Well, actually... He has composed music for four of the five Jason Bourne spy movies, Rio and Rio 2. The two How to Train Your Dragon movies was a third on the way. The three Kung Fu Panda films, three of the five Ice Age animated films, and many more. But once again, I am ahead of myself. Let's back up and learn more about the mountain, shall we? And that was my last attempt at a British accent. John originally trained as a violinist starting at the age of seven and later playing in a youth orchestra. He studied at London's Trinity College of Music. His instruments are listed as piano, percussions, and violin. Let's hear John talk about his early life from a September 2015 interview with Film Music Media, available on YouTube, which I will be using a number of times and am crediting now. I only really ever wanted to get into music. Seven years old, went to a rehearsal of uh, Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, was transfixed by it. Couldn't think of anything else all night. And uh, so I took up the violin and, uh, you know, loved making music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a few years later, I, I remember sitting in a youth orchestra, um, age 10 or something, I think, uh, playing... Hello. Oh, <laughs> uh, playing the um, bits of uh, the Firebird, Stravinsky, second violins, back of the second violins, you know, and it just twisted my head off. Right. Know? So from there onwards, I just thought I do find that music is capable of expressing things that I cannot even begin to find the words for. Right. So the transcendence of music was—it was like a religion for me. I, on leaving college, he composed jingle music for commercials. Let's hear John talk about the economic reality of the need to make money from his chosen career. The question of putting music to film is, is twofold, what, but mainly it was an economic decision. I mean, I, that's why I did it, because I was writing music when I came out of college and trying to figure out what to do with a four-year study of composition. There's right. not much you can, really, to earn money. And uh, my friend Gavin Greenaway was working with a jingle company called Aerodel in London. And so I started to work for them and 
And that interested me because every day, you know, you know, you had a different style of music they asked you to write. But after a while, it gets a bit dull because it's only 30 seconds and, <laughs> you know, and they keep asking you to make it chocolatey. Right. Uh, and then after that, you know, what gets interesting is when you start to have more ability to be able to kind of mess with expectations right. uh, and emotions and things. So, you know, coming to Hollywood, I guess, was a, a natural way of continuing kind of a, what seemed like a good business uh, ideal. But right. I did enjoy I do enjoy it. I, you know, I have always enjoyed it. He later ventured into jazz and rock music playing in a soul band called the Fabulistics. From 1989 to 1993, John composed the music to the British comedy-drama television series Stay Lucky, about a small-town gangster from London who discovers a new life up north in Yorkshire. Then, in 1995, Powell co-founded the London-based commercial music house Independently Thinking Music which produced scores for more than 100 British and French commercials and independent films. From 1996 to 1997, John composed music for the ABC television network show High Incident, a police drama series produced by DreamWorks Television. The show was created by Steven Spielberg, Michael Pavone, Eric Bogosian, and David Allen Johnson. Hans Zimmer composed the theme song for High Incident, while John composed the serial music, which ran for a total of 32 episodes. This gig likely brought John to the attention of Hollywood, and in 1997 he moved to Los Angeles, where he has been based since. In that year, he scored his first major film, Face Off, for director John Woo, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, a big step upward from Jingles. In the science fiction action film Face Off, Travolta plays an FBI agent, and Cage plays a terrorist, sworn enemies who assume each other's physical appearance. And now here is a part of the track, 80 Proof Rock, representing some of John's earliest film music. You heard some of the percussion prevalent in that track. What you will find is one area that John Powell is known for, especially later in the Bourne series of films. John won a 1998 ASCAP award for top box office film for Face Off, an amazing result for his first film in the United States. John has over 76 TV series, video shorts, and films credited to his name in the IMDb and I obviously won't have time to sample them all here. In picking tracks to represent his work, I have either chosen my favorite track from the film or chosen a track that showcases the different styles of his compositions. 
As best that I can determine, John worked at Hans Zimmer's Remote Control Productions from 1997 to about 2000, before heading out on his own. Since then, he has still collaborated with Hans on some projects such as the Kung Fu Panda franchise. This next clip gives you an idea of what it was like working at Remote Control Productions and with Hans Zimmer and all the young composers he assembled there, including Harry Gregson Williams. 10, 12, 14 sort of kids all right. all trying to get attention from daddy, which is Hans, you know. <laughs> so you end up trying to either impress him or, you know, or just write better than the other guy, you know. Yeah. So Harry and I really were set against each other to to try and, you know, and I'd go into his room and hear a cue and it'd be like, oh, and I'd go back to my place and I'd realize I'd have to up my game. You can't not work that way because, you know, when somebody's good and they work and you, and there's a lot at stake. Next morning, you've got a meeting with Jeffrey Katzenberg and, <laughs> and, and you want to play something that's really good and you hear the other guys written something really good. You're going to try harder. So it's a good way of, of increasing the, you know, the competitiveness is, is very effective, I think. Working at Remote Control Productions meant that you were likely to be teamed up with other composers to create scores. Such was the situation for John in the 1998 animated film Ants, spelled A-N-T-Z, where he was partnered with Harry Gregson Williams, another British composer whom I highlighted in Trexton 55 podcast number 579. Ants is one of my all-time favorite scores, perhaps because you can so easily follow along with the melodies. Here is track number one called Open Title Z's Theme. John and Harry both won a 1999 ASCAP award for Ants. After Ants came the films Forces of Nature and Chill Factor, which was composed with Hans Zimmer. 
Continuing his association with Hans Zimmer as co-composers came the animated adventure musical fantasy comedy The Road to El Dorado. The music was composed by Hans and John, but also featured songs also composed by Sir Elton John and lyrics by Sir Tim Rice. The film follows two con artists who, after winning a map to El Dorado, the legendary city of gold, escape from Spain. They use the map to lead them to the city of El Dorado, where its inhabitants mistake them for gods. I have chosen for you the first two minutes to track number 14, Wonders of the New World, for its sweeping melody. Next up in 2000 was yet another collaboration. Once again was fellow Remote Control Productions composer Harry Gregson Williams in Chicken Run, a stop-action comedy film. Mel Gibson plays the voice of Rhode Island Red Rooster, Rocky, who is tagged to help lead all of Mrs. Tweedy's chickens to escape a prisoner-of-war stylized camp chicken roost before being made into meat pies. Here is the exciting track number one titled... Opening Escape.
happy to report that Rocky and all of the chickens do escape in the end. After the film Just Visiting, John Powell collaborated with Harry Gregson Williams one more time in the film Shrek, the computer-animated fantasy film about an ogre named Shrek, played by Mike Myers, who finds his swamp overrun by fairy tale creatures who have been banished there by order of the evil lord Farquaad. In order to get his swamp back, Shrek makes a deal with Farquaad to bring him a queen in exchange for the deed to his swamp. Shrek sets out with a talking donkey, played by Eddie Murphy, and rescues Princess Fiona, but while taking Fiona to Farquaad, Shrek starts to fall in love with her. Regarding the music, I just wish that these two composers could have continued their collaboration, since the end result is some of the best music ever, in my opinion. Apparently others think so as well, since he and Harry won yet another ASCAP award for top box office film for Chicken Run. Here is John talking about team collaboration in the film industry and his role in it, again from the film music media interview. Sort of see it in perspective of, it's a collaboration, right. so I can do what I can do, but being a dick about you know, my role in it is not necessarily a very good idea. It may not be good for the film, and it may not be good for me. And now, here is track number 25 from Shrek, titled Ride the Dragon which starts out quietly and then dramatically expands to a full symphonic splurge of sound.
John and Harry won both an Annie Award and yet another ASCAP Award for Shrek. Next after Shrek was the sci-fi comedy film Evolution, directed by Ivan Reitman. To me, this film was kind of like Ghostbuster goes after aliens. Coincidentally, the 1984 film Ghostbusters was also directed by Ivan Reitman. And of course, David Duchovny had to play the role of key alien fighter since X-Files was still running over on the Fox network. Co-starring were Orlando Bloom, Julianne Moore, and Sean William Scott. A meteor harboring extraterrestrials crashes in Arizona, where the aliens start to mutate rapidly into large outlandish creatures. College professor Ira Kane, played by Duchovny, investigates and ultimately wins the day using the active ingredient in Head and Shoulders shampoo to wash away the monsters. Talk about tongue-in-cheek. Here is the stirring adventure track number 23 called Our Heroes. Then John got involved with the Bourne franchise of films, starting with The Bourne Identity, an action spy thriller based upon the Robert Ludlum novel of the same name, and starring Matt Damon as the man suffering from extreme memory loss and trying to discover his true identity within the CIA. John Powell was brought in to replace composer Carter Burwell, who had recorded a more traditional orchestral score for the film, which was rejected by director Doug Lyman. Since a lot of the music budget had already been spent recording the rejected score, Powell's score was initially conceived to be entirely non-orchestral, 
making extensive use of percussions, guitars, electronics, and studio techniques. And since Powell's background includes percussion instruments, this was a good match. Ultimately, John has composed the music for four of the five Bourne films. Here is the edgy track number three called Treadstone Assassins. Different, right? Just showcases the range of music John can provide. And with ongoing regularity now, John won another ASCAP award for The Born Identity. In 2002, John also provided the score for Drumline, an American musical comedy drama film based upon a fictional North Carolina A&T State University Blue and Gold Marching Band and their drumline called Cold Steel. The film includes actors Zoe Saldana and Orlando Jones. The soundtrack includes performances by many individual artists and a score by John Powell. Once again, given John's percussion background, this film seemed like a natural fit. Here is the opening track, Main Title.
Also up in 2002 was the sci-fi action comedy The Adventures of Pluto Nash. It was a great cast, including Eddie Murphy, Randy Quaid, Rosario Dawson, Luis Guzman, Peter Boyle, and John Cleese. By the end of the 21st century, mankind has established itself on the moon. Smuggling has become one of the main sources of illegal activity, and the moon has become the primary place for gambling, as that activity has been outlawed on Earth. A retired smuggler named Pluto Nash, played by Eddie Murphy, who has just left prison, buys a nightclub in an attempt to fulfill his longtime wish of his. Well, he probably should have stayed in prison since the film received overwhelmingly negative reviews as one of the biggest box office bombs in history, earning just $7 million versus a budget of $100 million. However, it did earn $24 million in DVD sales. Pluto Nash was nominated for five Golden Raspberry Awards in 2003, including Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Eddie Murphy, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, and Worst Screen Couple, Murphy and himself cloned. But they failed to win any in keeping with how bad it was received. Here is the main title track, which seems pretty good to me, again with a strong percussion presence.
Later in 2002, John scored the music to Two Weeks Notice, a romantic comedy film starring two of the sweethearts of the day, Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Lucy Kelson, played by Sandra Bullock, is a frumpy, nervous, intelligent liberal lawyer who specializes in historic preservation, environmental law, and pro bono causes in New York City. George Wade, played by Hugh Grant, is an arrogant billionaire real estate developer and a stylish womanizing playboy, who is also quite naive. Lucy's hard work and devotion to others contrast sharply with George's world-weary recklessness and greed. I found John's piano melody in track number one, Love Theme, to be just the thing to grab at your heartstrings. See if you agree. Wasn't that just great? Moving into 2003, John scored Stealing Sinatra. Then he scored Agent Cody Banks, starring Frankie Muniz, you know, the Malcolm in the Middle actor. It follows the adventures of the 15-year-old title character who has to finish his chores, avoid getting grounded, and save the world by going undercover for the CIA as a James Bond-type super spy. In keeping with the spy genre theme, here is track number 41, Heroes Coming end credits.
The next film for John was The Italian Job, a 2003 remake of the 1969 heist film with an all-star cast including Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, Jason Statham, Edward Norton, Seth Green, Moss Death, and Donald Sutherland. You might remember this film as the one where the three Mini Coopers are racing around a Venice with cool stunt and driving scenes, although 32 customized Mini Coopers were built for the film. Here's track number 14 titled Chopper Chase Face Off, perfectly matched to the action on the screen. Hardcore rock. another ASCAP award for John for the Italian job. Later in 2003 came the romantic comedy film Gigli, starring Ben Affleck as Larry Gigli and Jennifer Lopez as the love interest Ricky. Larry is a low-ranking Los Angeles mobster who isn't nearly as tough as he likes to act. A higher-ranking member of Gigli's organization commands Gigli to kidnap the mentally challenged younger brother 
of a powerful federal prosecutor to use as a bargaining chip to save New York-based mob boss Starkman from prison. The organization doesn't trust Giggly to get the job done right, so it hires a woman calling herself Ricky to take charge. Here's track number 19 called Rochelle. So totally different from the last track I just played, and a nice change of pace. John's first film for 2004 was the second installment of the Bourne franchise with The Bourne Supremacy. Though it takes the name of the second Bourne novel, its plot is entirely different. 
The film was directed by Paul Greengrass, who has now directed three of the films in the series. The Bourne Supremacy continues the story of Jason Bourne, played by Matt Damon, as a former CIA assassin suffering from psychogenic amnesia. This film focuses on his attempt to learn more about his past as he is once more enveloped in a conspiracy involving the CIA and Operation Treadstone. John Powell won an ASCAP award for his music. Here is the part of track number eight, Berlin Foot Chase, once again continuing the theme of lots of harsh percussion, quite suitable for all the dramatic chase scenes. In the 2015 film, media, and music interview, John noted that for him, composing is not easy at all. Let's listen in. Yeah, because I can only really hear a couple of seconds of music, sort of ahead of mm-hmm. where I am. So I, I work in a kind of a weird cycle of trying moving forward two seconds at a time. Uh, but I have to roll back and sort of listen all the time. So, and I just listen. I get to the end of an idea, and I and I see if I can hear the next two seconds. Mm-hmm. So, so the process for me is very tough. But the enjoyment is obviously when you see it come together. I mean, you know, you sort of see something form and, and then a very bad piano player. So I, I basically stick any kind of fistfuls of notes in. And, and if it seems to be the right rhythm or the right language um, or the right sort of idea, it can be complete bollocks at that point. Mm-hmm. And I just go in and I very slowly kind of remove lots of notes from the chords and 
experiment and create things like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of film music people don't realize is that people just improvise it. After completing scores for Mr. 3000, Alfie, and Be Cool, John was involved with the computer-animated adventure comedy film Robots in 2005. The voice cast included no less than Ewan McGregor, Halle Berry, Greg Kinnear, Mel Brooks, Amanda Bynes, Drew Carey, and Robin Williams. In Rivet Town, Rodney Copperbottom is a young inventor who dreams of making the world a better place, like his idol, Big Weld. During Rodney's adolescence, he invents the Wonderbot to help his father, Herb Copperbottom, clean dishes at a restaurant. When Herb's supervisor confronts them, Wonderbot breaks the dishes, causing Herb to be put in debt and Rodney to be dismissed. Rodney then takes his invention to Robot City to get a job as an inventor at Big Weld Industries and help pay for his father's debt. This movie includes at least 19 tracks performed by performing artists and another 19 tracks by John Powell. The track Robot City features the Blue Man Group playing a John Powell composition. How fun is that? Here's John's crazy track, Wanderbot Wash, which is a bit hard to categorize as genre, but enjoyable. John received yet another ASCAP award for this score. Up next was John's score to the action comedy film Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The film starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie as a bored, upper-middle-class married couple surprised to learn that they are assassins belonging to competing agencies and that they've been assigned to kill each other. After making escalating attempts on each other's lives, the Smith's conflict culminates in a massive shootout that nearly demolishes their home. Three soundtrack albums were released from the film, 
one being the film score composed by John Powell. I have chosen track number one, Bogata, to showcase John's Latin guitar composition. John took home yet another ASCAP award for his work on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. In 2006, John provided the score to the second Ice Age film in the franchise with Ice Age Meltdown. David Newman provided the score for the first Ice Age film. However, with Meltdown, John took over the mantle, providing the music for three of the next four films in the franchise. As of April 2016, the Ice Age franchise had generated $6 billion in revenue making it one of the highest-grossing media franchises of all time. So, you can bet they will keep coming out with more sequels. Besides, who doesn't like to see Scrat continue to chase his beloved acorn? By the way, what is a Scrat? Well, the story goes that writer Michael Wilson said his daughter came up with the idea of an animal that is part squirrel and part rat with saber teeth. A Scrat. There you go. Here is one of my favorite tracks, number 26, Mammoth. Short but full of grandeur. I just love it.
Up next for John was his one true superhero movie to date, which was X-Men The Last Stand, which premiered in 2006 as the third in the X-Men series. The film's director, Brett Ratner, invited John Powell to write the music since he was a fan of Powell's work in The Bourne Identity. Powell included references to the score from the previous two films. It all had to be done with the same family and the same language and used lyrics from Benjamin Britten's Requiem Mass for the choir parts. Powell deviated from the first two films in the franchise in that he created less a set of individual cue and more of a cohesive sound throughout. Most of the 27 tracks are short, with the exception of a few extended battle sequence cues. Powell had 141 musicians of the Hollywood Studios Symphony at his disposal, and he did not waste them. The second track, Bathroom Titles, is an explosion of violent percussion in the form of Danny Elfman's Planet of the Apes soundtrack. also saw the release of the computer-animated musical family comedy film directed, produced, and co-written by George Miller. It stars the voices of Elijah Wood, Robin Williams, Brittany Murphy, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, Hugo Weaving, and E.G. Daly. Every emperor penguin sings a unique song called a heart song to attract a mate. If the male penguin's heart song matches the female song, well then the two penguins mate. Norma Jean, a female penguin, falls for Memphis, a male penguin, and they become mates. They lay an egg, which is left in Memphis's care, while Norma Jean leaves with the other females to fish. While the males struggle through the harsh winter, Memphis briefly drops the egg. As a result, Mumble is unable to sing, but he can tap dance instead, and hence the name of the film. Happy Feet is a jukebox musical, taking previously recorded songs and working them into the film's soundtrack to fit with the mood of the scene or the character. Two soundtrack albums were released for the film, one containing songs from and inspired by the film, and another featuring John Powell's instrumental score. Here is part of track number 15 of John's score called The Story of Mumble Happy Feet, a happy, bouncy, jazzy concoction.
John was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Score Soundtrack Album, but did not win. I'm going to pass over The Born Ultimatum and the 2007 drama film P.S. I Love You and move to the sci-fi action film Jumper, released in 2008, based loosely on the sci-fi novel of the same name by Stephen Gould. The film follows a young man, David Rice, capable of teleporting as he is chased by a secret society intent on killing him. One day he is ambushed in his home by Roland Cox, played by Samuel L. Jackson, a member of the Paladins, a group of religious extremists who have been tracking down and killing jumpers. Their reasoning is that Jumper's alleged omnipresence is considered blasphemous. Jumper was filmed in 20 cities in 14 countries between 2006 and 2007. I have chosen track number five as significantly different from John's other works to show the variety of his music, yet with a strong percussive presence. The title is Surf's Up. First of the Kung Fu Fanda computer animated comedy martial arts films by DreamWorks Animation arrived in 2008 to positive reviews and a huge box office success. Hans Zimmer and John Powell collaborated on the film score and both received an Annie Award for Best Music in an Animated Feature Production. They also won an ASCAP Award. As with most DreamWorks animated movies, composer Hans Zimmer scored Kung Fu Panda. Zimmer visited China to absorb the culture and got to know the Chinese National Symphony as part of his preparation. Although Zimmer was originally announced as the main composer for the film, during a test screening, CEO of DreamWorks Animation, Jeffrey Katzenberg, announced that composer John Powell would also be contributing to the score. Imagine Hans's reaction. This marked the first collaboration in eight years for the two, who had previously worked together on DreamWorks' The Road to El Dorado and the action thriller Chill Factor. Here is a track number three, Dragon Warrior is Among Us, illustrating the excellent results of these two composers working together.
Another 2008 film with a John Powell score is the superhero comedy film Hancock. It tells the story of a vigilante alcoholic superhero, John Hancock, played by Will Smith, from Los Angeles, whose reckless actions routinely cost the cities millions of dollars. He saves the day, but leaves things in ruins. Hancock is invulnerable, immortal, possesses superhuman strength, reflexes, and stamina. He's got highly developed regeneration and can fly at supersonic speeds. He is also an amnesiac, and his first memories are waking up alone in a hospital in 1931. During his release, the duty nurse asks for his John Hancock, which he adopted as his current alias. Eventually, one person he saves, Ray Embry, makes it his mission to change Hancock's public image for the better. Track number 11, titled To War, provides a big symphonic sound with strong percussive elements. See what you think. arriving in 2008 was the computer-animated comedy-adventure film Bolt, the 48th Disney animated film. The film's plot centers on a small white dog named Bolt, who, having spent his entire life on the set of a television series, thinks that he truly has superpowers. When he believes that his human, Penny, has been kidnapped, he sets out on a cross-country journey to rescue her. Despite a relatively marginal box office performance, Bolt received a strong, positive critical reception and is renowned for playing an important role in instigating what is widely referred to as the Disney revival, as well as setting the studio in a new creative direction that would lead to other critically acclaimed features such as Tangled in 2010 and Frozen in 2013. Bolt was also Disney Animation's first feature film to be produced under the complete guidance of Pixar executive John Lasseter in his role as chief creative officer for the studio, as well as the first computer-animated feature film to implement non-photorealistic rendering. Here is track number 19, Home at Last, Barking at the Moon. Thank you. 
Moving ahead to 2009 came the third Ice Age film, Powell's Second. Ray Romano as Manny, John Leguizamo as Sid, Dennis Leary as Diego, and Queen Latifah as Ellie reprised their roles from the first two films, with Simon Pegg joining them in the role of a weasel named Buck. The story has Sid the Sloth being taken by a female Tyrannosaurus after stealing her eggs, leading the rest of the herd to rescue him in a tropical lost world inhabited by dinosaurs beneath the ice. Some imagination there. The first Ice Age made $383 million. The second one made $661 million. In this one, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs made $886 million. Now that is some chunk of ice. Here's part of John Stirring End Credits, track number 43. Two thousand nine was a light year for John, with only two works noted in the IMDb. In two thousand ten, he scored the music for the war thriller film Green Zone. The Green Zone is the common name given to the international zone of Baghdad, a ten square kilometer area assigned to the coalition provisional government during the occupation of Iraq after the two thousand three American-led invasion, and remains the center of international presence in the city. The key players in the film are General Mohammed al-Rawi, who is hiding in Baghdad during the invasion of Iraq, and U.S. Army Chief Warrant Officer Roy Miller, played by Matt Damon, a mobile exploitation team leader who is searching for Iraq's weapon of mass destruction. Miller finds that the majority of the intel given to him is inaccurate, 
Moreover, Miller's efforts to find the true story about the weapons are blocked by the U.S. Department of Defense official Clark Poundstone. Although rated well at four stars by Roger Ebert, the film did just cover its production costs and is considered a financial flop. Here is the short track WTF, which probably doesn't mean work, time, fun. It's an introspective track. Next up for John was his score for How to Train Your Dragon in 2010, arguably one of John's best overall scores. Of the 24 tracks composed by John, I have rated 21 of them either 4 or 5 stars out of 5 stars. John Powell returned to DreamWorks Animation to score the film, making it his sixth collaboration with the studio, following his previous score for Kung Fu Fanda, which he scored with Hans Zimmer. Powell composed an orchestral score, combining bombastic brass with loud percussion and soothing strings, while also using exotic Scottish and Irish tones with instruments like penny whistles and bagpipes. Overall, the score was well received by film score critics. Powell earned his first and so far only Academy Award nomination for his work on the film, ultimately losing to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for their score for The Social Network. He did win an Annie Award for the score. Here is track number 10, See You Tomorrow, which showcases some of those exotic instruments while also presenting one of the major cues or tunes in the film.
That was just too good to cut short. I hope you enjoyed it. Also premiering in 2010 was the American action comedy film A Night and Day, starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Here, Knight is like a warrior in a suit of armor, so it's a play on words. The film was Cruz and Diaz's second on-screen collaboration following the 2001 film Vanilla Sky. Diaz plays June Havens, a classic car restorer who unwittingly gets caught up with the eccentric secret agent Roy Miller, played by Cruz, who is on the run from the CIA. The film did poorly at first, opening against Toy Story 3, but ultimately was a success. I have chosen to play part of track number 11 called June Spies, for its sultry Latin air, using the accordion, a bass solo, and also showcasing a different style from John. John's next science fiction score was for the 2011 film Mars Needs Moms, a computer-animated film based upon the book of the same title. The film is centered on Milo, a nine-year-old boy who finally comes to understand the importance of family and has to rescue his mother after she is abducted by Martians. Unfortunately, the film grossed only $39 million worldwide on a $150 million budget making it one of the worst failures for a Disney-branded film. I, however, really like the score, giving all tracks four or five stars, which goes to show that a great score cannot in of itself make a film a success. Here is track number seven called Gribble's Loss, which I chose again for illustrating John's ability to create a beautiful piano solo with feeling. Not all tracks have to be loud and in your face. See if this track doesn't pull at your heartstrings even a little bit.
2011 was a very busy year for John Powell, with five movies and three short video credits. After Mars Needs Moms came the wonderful computer-animated adventure comedy film, Rio. It tells the story of Blue, a male Spix macaw, who was taken to Rio de Janeiro to mate with a free-spirited female Spix macaw, Jewel. The two eventually fall in love, and together they have to escape from being smuggled by Nigel, a cockatoo. For Rotten Tomatoes, this straightforward movie hits great heights thanks to its colorful visual palette, catchy music, and perfect vocal performances. So here is a case where the music can be front stage and help to catapult a film to a better reception. Need more proof? Think of what Hans Zimmer's score did for Gladiator, and you understand. Here is part of track number 19 titled, Juicy Little Mango. Once again collaborating with Hans Zimmer, the year 2011 saw the release of Kung Fu Panda 2, which earned $665 million worldwide, another blockbuster success. Both John and Hans won an ASCAP award for the music. I have chosen the fun song track number 17, Dumpling Warrior Remix, for its different happy sound. Got it. Stealth Mode.
Got it. Stealth mode. Coming up with yet another sequel with the release of Happy Feet 2 in 2011. It must be lucrative when the director returns to you as composer and says, he must have your music. However, this sequel only broke even on its investment and it's doubtful you will ever see a Happy Feet 3. Voices in this animated comedy included the original cast I mentioned earlier, but also Brad Pitt as Will the Krill and Matt Damon as Bill the Krill. Apparently, the Central Ohio Film Critics Associated nominated Brad Pitt as Actor of the Year. Funny that. Unlike the first film, where the popular music was released on a separate album from Powell's score, both the score and the popular music were released together for this sequel. More sequels. 2011 saw yet another for John was Ice Age Continental Drift, the fourth installment, third for John was yet another financial success earning $877 million worldwide. The plot focuses on Scrap sending Manny, Sid, and Diego adrift on an iceberg with Sid's granny and causing them to face a gang of pirates led by Captain Gut. The film also featured Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Powell explained his decision. At the beginning of the film, the creation of the geographical world as we know it seemed just such an immense area to musically convey that I gave up entirely and used Beethoven's Ninth Symphony instead. With a bit of obscenely crass reorchestration and blatantly cheap arranging tricks normally associated with strippers, we got it to fit the action perfectly. But the cost that I must now bear is to have to live forever in hiding since the Beethoven Society issued a fatwa on me. Funny, John. I could have played for you Scrap's Fantasia on a Theme by LVB here, but instead chose track number 13, Heard Reunion, to help keep John out of trouble with that society.
Another sequel is on the way with Rio 2 in 2014. Spix's macaws Blue and Jewel and their three children, Bia, Carla, and Tiago, are living happily in the city until Jewel realizes that her children are becoming more like humans. Meanwhile, Blue's former owner, Linda Gunderson, and her ornithologist husband, Tulio, are on an expedition in the Amazon and, after a fall down a waterfall, discover a quick-flying Spix's macaw that loses one of its feathers. When word gets out about this through television, Jewel believes that they should go to the Amazon to help find the blue macaws. This sequel was also a financial success earning $500 million in spite of a lukewarm critical response. In this case, John Powell's score was released on a separate album from the popular music. Here is the short track number two, Batucada Pacode. <laughs> if a film is financially successful, Hollywood takes note. And in order to reduce risk, they would rather continue the series rather than trying something new. How to Train Your Dragon 2 was released in 2014 with John Score, earning $621 million, proving their point. The film takes place five years after the first film, featuring Hiccup and his friends as young adults when they meet Valka, Hiccup's long-lost mother and Drago Bloodvist, a madman who wants to conquer the world. Recall that John received an Academy Award nomination for the first film. John described this project as a maturation story, and stated that he too tried to achieve the same maturation in the structure of his music by developing further every aspect of his compositions from the original film. Recording took place April 2014 at Abbey Road Studios in London with a 120-piece orchestra, a 100-voice choir, and a wide range of ethnic instruments, including Celtic harp, tin whistle, bodron, and two kinds of bagpipes, some of which was performed by pipers from the Spanish group, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Get it? Pipers? Peppers? The ensemble was conducted by the composer's usual collaborator, Gavin Greenaway. Can you say, let's try for an Academy Award? Well, he did win an Annie Award for music in a feature film. And frankly, I have to admit, the music is really good. 
2013, John took a sabbatical year from film scoring. And in April 2014, following the completion of his scores to Rio 2 and How to Train Your Dragon 2, he announced his decision to take another break to compose concert music, including a 45-minute oratorio to commemorate the 100th year anniversary of World War I. The piece, named A Prussian Requiem, premiered on March 6, 2016 at the Royal Festival Hall in London. Going back to work, so to speak, John composed the music to Pan in 2015. The film is a prequel story to Scottish Arthur J.M. Barrie's Peter Pan story, first stage, 1904. It serves as an alternative origin story for Peter Pan and Captain Hook. Well, I'm afraid the movie was panned by the critics. Sorry about that. Not recovering its investment. After Pan came Jason Bourne, the fifth in the series and John's fourth Bourne score. I'm going to skip over that score and move on to the most current John Powell score, which is the 3D computer-animated comedy-drama film Ferdinand, which is still playing in the theaters. In Spain, a bullfight training area called Casa del Toro, or House of Bulls, harbors a bull calf named Ferdinand, who is ridiculed by his fellow bulls for being non-confrontational and his tendency to smell and protect flowers. A saddened Ferdinand runs away from Casa del Toro after his dad, Raf, fails to return from coming back from a bullfight. He eventually winds up at a florist farm and is adopted by the owner, Juan, his dog, Paco, and his daughter, Nina, with whom he shares a bond. For this final track, and I hope you're still listening, I have chosen track number one called Bees and Bowls, kind of a nice, gentle way to bring you up to the present.
John has two future efforts underway. In 2018, he will be the composer for Solo, a Star Wars story, which is in post-production status. Another score for 2019 will be How to Train Your Dragon 3. Well, I really hope that all of you Trek and sci-fi fans enjoyed learning about and listening to the music of composer John Powell. Once again, my very happiest wishes on your new year in 2018. If you enjoyed this type of podcast, please leave a note at the Trekks and Sci-Fi Forum. Rico will be back soon with another Trekks and Sci-Fi podcast. Until then, let me end this guest podcast with one more fun John Powell track. Let's see, should it be Martian Mambo from Mars Needs Moms? Or Scraps Fantasia on a theme by LVB, you know, old Ludwig von, from Ice Age Continental Drift? See if you can figure out which one I did choose. <laughs>